0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and so much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and in episode 46 of the Everything USC podcast, I'm thrilled to welcome to the show a two-time national champion linebacker as a Trojan, a man who spent six seasons in the NFL with the Seattle Seahawks, earning All-Pro honors in 2007, and a co-host of the Believe in Seahawks show, the one and only Lofa Tatupu. Lofa, it's so great to have you on the Everything USC podcast.
0: My man, thank you for having me. It's great to be here.
1: And of course, if you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. Or go right to the website Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcast. For me, I am on Twitter. Find and follow me at Narawang Sports N-A-R-A. W-E-N-G Sports. Lofa, what's your social media? Anything you got to promote? Throw it out there.
0: Oh, man. Uh, too much to really... How much time you got? <laughs> so Zone in CBD, a company that you know I started a couple of years ago We're in our second year. It's something I'm a firm believer. I have a, both a cannabis farm and a CBD brand. So Zone in CBD is the one that I can actively promote because it is legal everywhere. ZoningCBD.com to find out more, and then uh, also I'm part of the Believe family, just like you, brother. So believe in Seahawks anywhere you get your your podcast or your audio. Me and Brett Davern, we co-host a show for the Seahawks up here in Seattle. And other than that, do I do I have anything else? I'm sure I do, but I think those are the major ones.
1: <laughs> the Everything USC Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. To say it's been a tumultuous season for the USC Trojans football team might be an understatement at this point. They've got a losing record at 4-5 overall, 3-4 in Pac-12 play. Head coach Clay Helton was fired after Week 2. The best player on the team, wide receiver Drake London, broke his ankle scoring a touchdown versus Arizona, ending his season and almost certainly his USC career as well. There's been a mini quarterback controversy after true freshman Jackson Dart made a splashy debut at Washington State but required surgery to repair his meniscus after that game and returned to rotate with starter Keaton Slovis in the last two games before now being named the starter with Slovis dealing with an injury to his lower leg. The Coliseum has been practically empty in the fourth quarters of most games as the Trojans have suffered some historic losses at home. And last week's scheduled game at Cal had to be postponed due to COVID issues with the Golden Bears. The first FBS game delayed due to the coronavirus in 2021. Lofa, how much of this Trojan train wreck have you watched this year and what are your thoughts on the state of the program?
0: Oh man, I've watched it all. I'm a faithful man. I still got faith in our team and do we get credit for that Cal win because they forfeited?
1: Well, it's been postponed so we're rescheduled for December 4th so we still have to play them.
0: Ah, I was hoping we got that win to get to 500, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: No, we still got to play them up at Cal on December 4th, the weekend of the Pac-12 championship game, because we're not playing in the Pac-12 championship game, obviously, Uh, neither of us. So, yeah.
0: Very true. Yeah, no, I've watched. It's been tough, you know? And you feel for the kids with, you know, losing Helton, losing their coach. It's, uh, you know, I thought Dante and the the, the squad's done an admirable job of stepping in and, you know, filling the need there. And, uh, you know... It's a big one, and that's the biggest thing, is if we can just beat UCLA, it's still a great season. I mean, that's at least, in my mind, growing up, that's how I always saw this rival. This and Notre Dame, Anytime if you could just beat one of those guys, especially the Crosstown rival, man, you, you know, we, we still got to let them know that we run LA. Yep,
1: we're going to talk more about that coming up as well. Obviously, if people don't know, your father, Mosi was a Trojan legend as well, won a national championship in the 70s at USC, went on to a pro career with the New England Patriots. So you've got those deep Trojan roots, Lofa. And so I want to ask you about that coaching change. Clay Helton let go after the loss at home to Stanford. Do you think he should have been fired when he was?
0: You know, it's tough, right? Because it's kind of been this back and forth. You know, we'll go on a couple game winning streak and then we'll lose a game that we should win. I think that just the inconsistency is kind of what led to it. I'm still grateful for Clay in that first year taking us to the Rose Bowl, right? You know, that epic win, insane. But, you know, this is Southern California, and there's a certain standard that has to be met. At least that's what, when I was there, way back in my day, <laughs> that was the stand. I mean, we, I was blessed to play 26 games for the Cardinal Gold, and You know, we went 25-1 and in those games. We lost one in triple overtime to a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers. That was the only blemish on our record. As you stated, two-time national champion, that's where I expect this program to get back to.
1: I think we're all hoping for that. So who would you like to see come in as the next head coach? Do you have a name or just in general, what would you like to see in the next head coach to get USC back to that level?
0: I mean, there's been you know, so many rumors and names floated. You know, you don't know what's actually true. But a guy that I have a lot of admiration and respect for and a guy that, you know, I played part of my first year here with. And he, he's a Trojan great. His name is Chris Richard. Now, hear me out when I say this, because, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, you're going to bring in another Pete Carroll clone or Pete Carroll guy. Right. Well, Chris isn't. You know, Chris is an incredible coach. He's learned from Pete. And he not only helped sustain the winning tradition that we had, he started it when he was a player at SC and, you know, he was the last class Pete's first class, but his uh, seniors as he was leaving. And then we came in, we went on that, you know, so he's like, he's a pioneer in that aspect. And then you fast forward 10 years later and guess who came up here to Seattle and built the Legion of Boom with Pete. That was Chris Richard. And He did a fantastic job when he was the defensive coordinator up here for a couple of years. I think he's with the Saints now. But he's a guy, he's from LA, he knows the area. Recruiting is a big thing. And, and, you know, I just can't stand seeing the talent from California go to Oregon, go to Alabama, go to Ohio State. Like, there is something fundamentally wrong if we can't get those recruits to stay in house. Now, I will give uh, the current regime, some of the coaches on there, they did land some big-time recruits. So we have had talent, you know, under Clay. Because, you know, you see it in the NFL, Pittman and all these guys going off for big games. It's like, okay, well, why couldn't we put it together when they were here? That's the question. And, you know, in my eyes, it just, I think, you know, discipline is the biggest factor in any successful college team. I mean, you look at, you know, Saban and Sweeney and all those other coaches. And, and what we have, when we had Pete, Kennedy Pola, Ed Ogeron, Nick Holt, Rocky Seto, you know, Ken Norton, all these historic coaches, great coaches that went on to have success themselves. I mean, they're, were, they're were there to help instill the discipline because it's already, it's hard enough to beat the other team. You can't be sitting there fighting yourself. And I'm talking penalties, you know, foolish penalties and things that even turnover margin. Those are the two things that we can control. And the fact that we aren't over the last you know, eight to 10 years is, is, is sad. It's like we've hurt ourselves.
1: You're exactly right. And that's something that interim head coach Dante Williams has talked about needing to be more disciplined, trying to change the culture. And obviously it hasn't gone so great, but you can't change a culture overnight. Dante said that everyone knows that. And so that's what the next head coach is going to have to bring in. That is a very interesting name, Chris Rashard, not a name that's been brought up really, maybe because of the ties to Pete and everyone thinks that, yes, he's going to go away from that but a guy who's been close to some NFL head coaching jobs even so we'll see I mean it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there and getting into the team a little bit this season I mentioned it the two quarterback rotation that they did the last couple of games was Slovis and Dart and now Dart's gonna make his first career start against the rival Bruins what do you think about how the whole quarterback situation has played out this year
0: I feel for Slovis, right, you know, injuries, really, it's been a tough uphill battle for him just to get right. I I don't know if he ever really, I think it was the shoulder that he came back from a year or two ago. And it just looked like he's been battling just to just to stay healthy and get out there. But, um, you know, I love what he's done for us, you know, his time here. But it is exciting to see, you know, what what looks to be the future. That one game we had, Washington State, down 14, nothing. I mean, there's not a whole lot of kids, that can come into a game down fourteen nothing. The first time they're going to get a chance to spin it and uh, just score forty five unanswered. <laughs> so I mean, it was quite impressive what he was able to do. I mean, he looked very poised and confident back there. And then you know he can have, he can definitely do some things with his legs. Now I don't know how he's going to come back with that from that knee injury, but he has the mobility to be special. And I think that's really another thing in terms of our offense that can add a dynamic you know element to it is that you know. It's terrible. We do it up here in Seattle, too, with the Hawks. You can't run out of shotgun and never keep the ball with the quarterback. It's just you're defeating the purpose of the read option and of of even making the defense think and have to defend both. And so, you know, your play action doesn't work. They're just crashing. The linebackers are hitting the gaps faster. The DNs aren't even respecting it. So it's like you have to pull that ball once or twice a game to keep them honest. If that is going to be your staple, the way you run the ball out of shotgun, then you have to keep it once or twice every game. And so I'm hoping that's kind of what gets done here with, uh, with Jackson getting under, or not under center, <laughs> behind center. <laughs> and so uh, we'll see because, you know, we got, the, we got the running backs. And so I really love what we've done with the ground game, you know, just committing to it because it makes, makes life a lot easier.
1: Yeah, the ground game struggled a lot the first half of the season. It's come on lately. Keontae Ingram, the Texas transfer has done really well. Got banged up a couple games ago. Hopefully, he's fully healthy for this matchup this week against UCLA. And, of course, the biggest injury, though, Drake London. You look at his stats when he got hurt in eight games. 88 catches, 1,084 yards, and seven touchdowns. Like, that's a great season right there. And then he breaks the ankle such a deflating feeling, was named a semifinalist for the Bolitnikoff Award this week. In my opinion, he should still win. He clearly proved he was the best wide receiver in the country. Talk about how a loss like that can demoralize a team when the best player goes down.
0: Yeah, it's tough because he's not just the best player. He's, he's also one of our leaders, you know. And so I think a lot of the times, you know, you see him out there fighting for yardage. I mean, in the Notre Dame game, you know, just everything he is. Man, he is as great as advertising. I knew when I saw him freshman, you know, both Drakes, for that matter. When I saw them both take the field as freshmen, I said, I told all my guys, I go, hey, enjoy watching them. They're only going to be here three years because that's how special they are talent wise. But yeah, when you see, you know, how much he puts into it and how much this game means to him. And, um, you know, it's crazy. I didn't even know he was six, five. That's how quick and agile he is, man. He looks, he looks like a smaller guy. It's a compliment because it's deceiving. You don't see a 6'5 guy just shaking and juking people, you know, on top of running through. And uh, that catch in Colorado was absolutely insane. And so when you, when you lose that dynamic element of your offense, it's tough. But other leaders have to step up. And I think we're going to see that happen for the last couple games. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he's off to the NFL. And, you know, I just want to say thank you for all the highlights and the memories. I mean, he was special to watch.
1: And when you look at the ranks overall for the team this year on offense, 442 yards a game, good for 31st in the country. Passing-wise, they're 17th, leading the Pac-12 at almost 305 yards a game, running after some good performances, but still just 137 yards a game. That's 92nd in the country out of 130 FBS teams. And scoring at about 29 and a half points a game, 59th in the country. But then you flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. And this is where there have been struggles. Total 81st in the country, giving up 396 and a half yards a game. Passing wise, 72nd in the country. Rushing defense is 83rd in the country, giving up 163 yards a game. And in scoring defense, 85th in the nation, 10th in the conference, giving up almost 29 points a game. You're a old school linebacker. This has gotta really trouble you to see how the defense has struggled this season.
0: Oh my god, that is cringe. That is <laughs> those are some those are some tough numbers to to take. You know, but I will I will say this to anybody out there listening, you know, especially if there's current players listening, it's not the end of the world because we gave up a lot of yards. Now, look, I know we had Matt Leiner, Carson Palmer, Reggie Bush, all those greats. Well, they were either throwing touchdowns or three and outs. So there was a lot of time spent on the field as a defensive guy. We gave up a ton of yards, but what we did always hang our hat on was we got turnovers. And that can shorten a game for you and turn the tide. And so I think scoring defense, we were always, you know, pretty, pretty good. We were up there. And then rush defense is a must. You must not allow the opponents to run the ball on you because then it becomes a very long game. So, you know, while, while I did get to play on some great defenses, the turnover was the point of emphasis for us. And I think, you know, again, Dante mentioned it, you know, discipline and then the turnover margin. Those are two things that can significantly reverse a game. And even turn, what, what are we, four and five right now? I mean, if we just win that turnover battle, I guarantee you we got maybe one loss. Maybe.
1: Yeah, the turnover battle is so important. And that's why we squandered two Xavier and Alford interceptions last game, because we oh. gave away two picks ourselves in that one. So you're exactly right about that. And it's been a frustrating season for all of us Trojans who have had to deal with it. But hopefully... They can close strong three games left to go in this season. This is, of course, the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Nara Wang. My guest today, a Trojan legend, a Trojan legacy, Lofa Tatupu, is on the show joining us today. If you enjoy listening, please subscribe, download, and rate wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Or go to the website, believe.com, B-L-E-A-V com on social media at believe podcast for me you can catch me on twitter at narawang sports n-a-r-a-w-e-n-g sports lofa let the people know how they can connect with you
0: yeah you can find me uh, i think twitter and instagram is the same one i don't know i only run the instagram one <laughs> my, my boy runs the twitter one for me lofa underscore tatupu yeah give me a follow i appreciate you we'll go back and forth talking about Either the Trojans or or Seattle football, Seattle Seahawks. This is Dane Bland, Olympic gold medalist and head coach of the USC women's beach volleyball team. And you're listening to the Everything USC
1: podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, Lofa, it is time now to talk about the big rivalry game against those crosstown UCLA Bruins. They come in at six and four overall, four and three in the conference. They won their game last weekend at home against Colorado 44-20 against the former UCLA head coach, Carl Durrell, after they had lost the two previous games against Oregon and Utah. The head coach everyone knows is Chip Kelly, now in his fourth season with the Bruins, just 16-25 overall, 14-18 in conference with UCLA after a successful four-year run that he had from 2009 through 12 at Oregon where he went 46 and 7 and 33 and 3 in conference play there in the all-time series this will be the 91st meeting between the Trojans and Bruins SC leads it 51-32 and 7 that's including the two vacated wins from 04 and 05 And USC has won 10 of the last 11 played at the Coliseum. In the game last season at the Rose Bowl, it was a 43-38 USC victory. The Trojans trailed, though, 28-10 in the third quarter before rallying to win on an eight-yard touchdown pass from Slovis to Amon Ra St. Brown with just 16 seconds left to play in that one to retain the victory bell. The last game at home back in 2019, a 52-35 SC blowout. Keaton Slovis broke the record for passing yards in a single game in that one with 515, and four players had at least 100 yards receiving in the same game for the first time in USC history. So looking at some of the key guys on the UCLA squad, you've got the senior quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, DTR. He's completed passes this season for 1,896 yards, 14 touchdowns, four interceptions. But of course, he's also known as a dual threat guy. He's got 106 carries, 461 yards on the ground, and seven rushing touchdowns this season. They've got a two-headed running back system with junior Zach Charbonnet, 153 carries, 864 on the ground with 11 touchdowns to go along with 17 catches and 150 yards through the air. The sixth year senior running back, Britton Brown, has 102 carries, 615 yards, averaging six yards a carry, seven touchdowns, and he's also added 18 catches for 129 yards. Their best receivers, probably the Redshirt Junior tight end, Greg Dulcich, a Mackey Award semifinalist, has 34 catches, 564 yards, and four touchdowns. But the leading wide receiver on the team is actually the Redshirt Junior wide receiver, Kyle Phillips. He leads with 47 catches, 627 yards, and 6 touchdowns. Also a good punt returner, has 7 of those for 190 yards, over 27 yards average, and a touchdown this season. On the other side of the ball, they've got a 6-year senior nickel, DB Quantrez Knight, who leads the team in tackles with 55, also leading in tackles for loss with 7.5. 2.5 of those are sacks a guy who previously played at Kent State and Maryland before ending up in Westwood, and a couple of senior outside linebackers, Bo Calvert, 31 tackles, 5.5 for loss, and 3 sacks, and Mitchell Agude, 39 tackles, 4.5 of those for loss, 1 sack, and he's forced 4 fumbles this season. So, we know this is a huge rivalry game. SC struggling, UCLA having its best season under Chip Kelly so far in his tenure there. What do the Trojans have to do to get this victory and keep the victory bell for a third straight year?
0: My man, we have to stop the run. I mean, it's that simple. This is much different than most, you know, Chip Kelly teams where he wants to throw it 50 times a game. He is actually, and it started back, the only game that I've watched from start to finish, of UCLA was LSU of course right because my guy Eddie O was going in there and I was hoping he was going to take care of business and beat the Bruins right but I mean they ran it for like a 215 220 yards on LSU I mean that's I guarantee you there's a lot of guys on that LSU defense that are going to be playing on Sundays and what I saw was an all-out just physical running pound the ball team and um Darren Thompson you mentioned him too the things that he can do and I think their running game is so effective because he will keep it from time to time. And uh, so it plays really nice in concert when, when they get that thing going. But if we don't stop the run, I mean, we're going to need like four or five turnovers if we don't get that run game stopped. That's, that's how, you know, gruesome this could be. Cause I mean, you mentioned those rankings, man, we, Oh, 160 a game we're giving up. It's man, it, it could be a long day. And I really, I think that's going to be the tail of the tape. Were we able to stop this run game?
1: And that's the thing, Dorian Thompson-Robinson has frustrated a lot of UCLA fans with his inconsistencies over the years. But he always seems to play well against USC, even though we've won the last couple. He's had big games oh, against us.
0: In- insane games. Unbelievable. You go back and look, and it's the numbers are crazy. Yeah.
1: And so, yeah, if we can at least contain him, but then you, you're right. Zach Charbonnet, Britton Brown, those guys are tough. They ran all over LSU, like you said. They've had really big games, and our rushing defense has shown holes.
0: I mean, it brings me back to, you know, like you said, you want to talk about the, the, the way back, the back, the good old days. When we went into the l 4 matchup, you know, they had Maurice Jones-Drew, and they had uh, Chris Marquis. And, like, and both of those guys, I think they were both averaging, like, 80 to 100 Jones had ran for 300 or something against Washington. It was insane. Yeah, he's like set the pack record. And, you know, so that was our, you know, our whole mindset going into that game was like, hey, we cannot let them run the ball. And, uh, and, and they didn't. And, but it's still, you know, the turnovers reared their ugly head in that game. And, you know, and one fortunately didn't get called that, you know, they blew the whistle dead. You know, the one with Reggie and, you know, who's I think it was Habner came down the sideline I thought about tackling him as he was running by me. <laughs> you know, I was on the sideline. I was like, you know, what if I just tackle him? But uh, luckily they blew the ball dead and, uh, and we won't we out of there with the win. And that's how much the rivalry means, right? Because UCLA was, they were not good that year. They were not. And I remember that was the only, that was the last step before we got to go to the, uh, the Orange Bowl National Championship. And, you know, it was, uh, it was an all out fight.
1: Yeah, and now... We're going to see Jackson Dart get his first career start in a big game. Obviously, when you're playing the rival, your emotions are going to get up. He's already a freshman. You've already seen him. Maybe when he first gets into the game, he's a little extra amped up. The ball floats on him a little bit. And so how do you think Jackson Dart is going to do in this game in his first career start?
0: I mean... He already showed flashes of brilliance in that first one. man. I could not be more impressed with, a, you know, an 18-year-old or 19-year-old he is, freshman, you know, coming out of the gates and doing that. But you're right. This is a much bigger game, even though it doesn't have, like, playoff implications. The rivalry, it just goes up that much more. And so, you know, we'll see. Hopefully you keep these emotions in check and just handle business. But, I mean, I really think this is, this is something the coaches have to do and take that weight off of his back and say, look, you go out and do what you do, but we're going to give you a run game with Ingram and uh, Malapai and just get going just so he doesn't feel like, okay, I got to throw it 40, 50 times today, you know. We want to or would like to throw it 50 times. We shouldn't have to. And that's, that's the thing.
1: Graham Harrell wants to. I don't know if we want to. Graham Harrell wants to in the <laughs> well, area.
0: Once we open up, you know, once we get those, those, those secondary level creeping up because our run game is so ferocious you know, then that's when the play action works. And that's when the shots down the field and you get a one-on-one opportunity, but you know, you got to earn that right. And that's what I, I think a lot of kids don't understand. They see all these quarterbacks throwing for 500 yards and six touchdowns. And, you know, they're just like, no, oh, well, this is football. That's not real football. All right. Look, no offense to anybody in the air raid offense and all the, you know, forefathers of the air raid offense. That's not real football. Real football is running the ball. And just hammering them and breaking their will and them just getting up off the ground slow every down like, oh, my God, we got to face that again, because that's what a lot of people are misunderstanding. Back when we were there in the glory days of SC, under Lightning, Reggie Bush and-, and Lindale White were hammering the ball to start the game and then we went up top and and Leiter would throw for three or 400 yards in in the second half I mean and Carson Palmer and that's where the Heisman Trophy you know came from you know from winning ball games wasn't just for throwing for you know all these stats I think that's what a lot of kids are misunderstanding these days it's like the Heisman is just a stat game these days but it used to mean best player on the best team so we'll see what happens
1: Obviously, we're going to need to give Dart some help. Some of these guys have to step up. You mentioned the running game's got to be good. We got to pound them. But we got to get these wide receivers, Taj Washington, Kyle Ford, mm-hmm. etc., to step up and help with the loss of Drake London. Is there someone you think really has to step up on either side of the ball, offense or defense, for SC, for the Trojans to beat UCLA?
0: Yeah, the offensive line, you know? The guys that get no love. Let's talk about them. We need them to show up because you got a freshman quarterback, we're going to need to run the ball. And then, you know, I would like to see him get upwards of, you know, 25 touches. Every time he gets the ball, he does something, you know, he does something positive. So it's, you know, feed the beast. And, you know, I think he would agree, man, He, he, he wants that opportunity. So I hope we just get it going on the ground and don't look back.
1: That would be nice to show some physicality. That's been a knock against SC is the lack of physicality during the Clay Helton era. And so hopefully they can do something against the rival UCLA Bruins. So now it's time for us to put our prediction skills on the line. So over the course of the season so far, I lead my guess in picking 12 wins, 7 losses, and 4 ties. So now it's going to be Lofa Tutupu's chance to see how he does against me. And we begin, as always, with the players we believe in. Who is going to be the best Trojan player in the game? And for me, this might be a risky pick, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say Jackson Dart is the player I believe in in this game for USC. Lofa, who do you have?
0: Okay, okay. Well, I'm going with the Jackson as well. Drake. I think he's going to have a couple sacks. A forced fumble, you know, I think he's going to get that thing going. And, you know, unfortunately, I think this is going to be one of the last few times we're going to see him, too. He's going to the NFL.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. He is also going to be a first round pick in the NFL. He's going to go. And he was my second choice. I was debating between Jackson Dart and Drake Jackson. So that'll be an interesting one offense, one defense for us and the players we believe in. And now the game winner and score. Lofa, I'm going to let you go first here. Who's winning and what is going to score going to be? And I should mention, Bet Online, a sponsor of this show, has USC currently as a three-point underdog at home to the Bruins. Lofa, what do you got?
0: I mean, it's been high score in the last couple of years, so I, I don't see that trend stopping, especially with where we, we us, and UCLA rank defensively. So it's going to be uh, 45-42 Trojans.
1: 45-42 USC. I am almost there with you. I am going to, against my better judgment, I'm too loyal as a Trojan. I'm going to pick USC as well. Just a little bit lower scoring than you, but the same margin, 38-35 USC. Ooh. So because we're picking the same margin, basically higher scoring means you'll get the win. Lower scoring means I'll get the win, as long as USC wins, obviously. Okay. If those bad guys win, then we're both messed up in this yeah. pick. So,
0: <laughs> Right on.
1: So very similar picks on the game score for Lofa and myself. And now it's time for the always entertaining prop bet. I'm going for Nara's no doubter this week. I don't know. I had a tough time this week. I'm going to be honest, Lofa. I had a tough time trying to come up with the prop bet for this week. I've won the last couple of weeks. That's helped me build that margin against my guests. So this week, this might be risky. There will be a pick six in this game. I'm not saying by who. I'm not saying by who, but there will I'll be a pick six in this game. That's Nara's no doubter. Lofa, tell me what you're calling your prop bet, and then what is it?
0: I'm going to ride with you on this. I think there is a pick six, and it's going to be Kalen Bullock. Yes or no?
1: Oh, so you're going to give me the guy. You're going yeah. Kalen <laughs> Bullock for the pick six.
0: Hey, this is the next great USC defender in the long list of great USC defenders. Ever since the first time he stepped on the field, man. Big hits, big plays. Yeah, love watching that kid play. All
1: right, so what are you calling it, though? Is it Lofa's Lock? Lofa's Lock
0: of the Week, yeah.
1: Lofa's Lock of the Week is Kalen Bullock will get the pick six. So now you're just trumping my prop bet. You're trumping Nara's No Doubter, Lofa.
0: What? Do I have to go something else? Do you want me to go something else? No, no, else? I
1: love it. I love okay. it. That's great. That's a great pick. So you're going even more specific, even more of a hard prop bet so that would be props to you if you got that right
0: the super props
1: so to recap our predictions for the week the players we believe in i'm going with the true freshman quarterback making his first career start jackson dart lofa Tatupu going on the defensive side maybe that's no surprise he's going with the outside <laughs> linebacker drake jackson in probably his final game against ucla in his trojan career in the game score we both got it high scoring. We both got it for the Trojans. Lofa going 45 42. I'm going 38 35. And in the prop bet, Nara's no doubter is that there will be a pick six by one of the teams in this game. And Lofa's lock of the week, he's trumping my prop bet. He's going Kalen Bullock of the Trojans getting the pick six. So I'm
0: calling my shot.
1: Those are our predictions, and I think it's going to be entertaining for both of us watching this game to see who comes through with those. And so, of course, this is the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nara Wang. My guest, a two-time national champion at USC, an all-pro in the NFL with the Seattle Seahawks, now the host of another Believe show, the Believe in the Seahawks show with Brett Davern, it's Lofa Tatupu. He joins me today to talk about USC football and all that's going on with them. If you enjoy listening to the show, find it on all of your favorite podcast directories. Subscribe, download, and rate on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. Or go to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe podcast. I am on Twitter. You can find and follow me there at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Lofa, let the people know how they can reach out to you and what you got going on.
0: Yeah, Lofa underscore Tatupu on Instagram. Holler at me and got my own CBD company, ZoninCBD.com is where you can find out more. It's returned me to my best health after all the injuries from football and uh, firm advocate, believer in hemp and cannabis. And then I am fortunate to be a co-host of the Believe in Seahawks on the Believe Podcast Network. Just like uh, Nara said, you can find us anywhere you get your audio and download, subscribe, everything they say, hit the like, all that stuff. And uh, stay blessed, my friends, and fight on.
1: What's up, everybody? Marcus Grant here from NFL Network, and you are listening to the Everything USC podcast with my longtime friend Nara Wang on the Believe Podcast Network. See, I say long time because it's better than saying old. And finally, Lofa, you brought up a little bit of it before, but I want to talk to you about your memories of the two games you played against UCLA, starting with 2003, a 47-22 win at the Coliseum. In that game, it was over at halftime, 33-2 at the half for USC. Mike Williams with a monster game, 11 catches, 181 yards, and two touchdowns. Reggie Bush had that magical 96-yard return for a touchdown to end the third quarter on a kickoff. The defense, your squad, held UCLA to just 11 yards on the ground, had six sacks, scored two touchdowns on fumbles by the Bruin quarterback, Drew Olson. Kanechi Udezi and Mike Patterson. Patterson's was a 50 plus yard rumbling fumble return touchdown. What are your remembrances of that game? Your first in the rivalry?
0: It was 33-2 at halftime. Who gave up our shutout? Had to be liner. It
1: was the blocked extra point that they returned for two Ah, points.
0: Oh man. Okay. My bad, Liney. My bad. No, yeah. Like, as you said, it was, I just remember being a lot of fun. It really wasn't a game. It felt like we came out and just dominated from the jump. Everybody, you know, participated, special teams. You see Reggie taking that kickback. But um, yeah, I remember Mikey P, big Mikey P. And this this is a guy who was so underrated, always making things happen, taking on double teams, doing the dirty work and almost never really getting the recognition. So to see Mikey P get a touchdown, like a, a sixty, fifty yard touchdown was pretty special. And it wasn't a surprise to us when Mike went on and had a 10-plus you know, year career and first-rounder and everything uh, of that nature. Phenomenal competitor, and I was lucky to get to play behind a guy like that. That whole D-line, Sean Cody, Kenichi Udeze, Frosty Rucker, Lawrence Jackson, Cedric Ellis, Philly Malala, like the names keep going. I mean, so we had a lot of talent, but we had, more importantly, we had a lot of guys that loved football and loved playing for their brother. And so that's why we are able to do so many special things. And that that was one of the best days. I remember when you know it was an early game. I think it was like a twelve o'clock, you know. And so we were done early. I mean, because really, like you said, we were almost done by halftime. But we we had to stick around for the other thirty minutes. But we finished the game, and me, we you know, and everybody just started partying, right? And you know, I just remember that it was like only like seven o'clock. We went back. We were watching me and my roommates. We were watching other football games, right? Because there's other conference championships on at the time, and you know, we're partying, we're drinking and we're just like, ah, oh, we're hungry. So we go, we go down the front row and there's like nobody there. There's nothing going on. And so we're like, oh, this is boring. So we just went home and like literally like passed out. Like, we're like, <laughs> All right, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get up in a couple hours, an hour or two and go party with everybody if they do. And so, you know, we get up, didn't really, I, everybody was asleep. They're like, Yeah, I'm over it, man. I'm just going to sleep. Cause we just played it full, you know, a full game. And, uh, the next day I wake up and I get the paper and there's a couch burning on the row. Like, I guess the, it was like the most insane party ever. Well, it, but it's, it's, nothing good happens, you know, late at night. So I'm glad we stayed in that night. But uh, yeah, dude, I just remember going, like driving down front row to go get some Del Taco in the morning. Cause that's all we could afford for breakfast. And uh, I was like, oh, there's a the couch in the middle of the street and it's burnt. <laughs> it's just charcoal. So like, you knew something special went down. I guess they were as excited about the uh, the win as we were. But, uh, yeah, that was my memory from from that game was uh, the after party.
1: And you bring up the late, great Del Taco, which is no longer there. It's now a Starbucks. I don't know if you knew that. That Del Taco uh, is no gross. longer there. Yeah, unbelievable, the Lofa. But um, now you brought up a little bit about the two thousand. This is
0: why we're getting soft. This is why we're getting soft. Right. We're, not, we're, not exactly. we're not eating 99-cent crunchy old tacos we're getting lattes
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. exactly and you've talked a little bit about the 2004 game that was a 29-24 win at the Rose Bowl Reggie Bush 15 runs for 204 yards and two touchdowns the two touchdowns 65 yard and 81 yard runs and he added 73 yards on six catches Ryan Colleen, let's give a little love to the kicker he had five field Damn. goals in that game and again, another great defensive effort. The Bruins had only 17 yards rushing in that game. Fred Matua recovered a fumble, and there were two fourth-quarter interceptions. Jason Leach clinched the game with his, but I think we know the other guy who had an interception in that game. That was you, Lofa. And it kept USC undefeated at 12-0. and It clinched the number one ranking in the BCS. What do you remember about that win?
0: Oh, man, it was I think we probably came in a little too confident. And I think the final score reflected it because we should have destroyed them. We couldn't get the ball in the end zone if it wasn't Reggie going 60 plus yards. We couldn't, you know, it was, I think Matt might've had two red zone interceptions. I think we were really we were really pushing for him to get to his Heisman that year because then of course Reggie would win it the next year. But I just remember we were, we were teeing off on that run game because that's what, what Pete told us. He goes, look, talking about uh, MJD. He's one of the best running backs in the nation, not just our conference. And, you know, unfortunately, because you want to play everybody at their best, MJD did have a high ankle sprain. And so he didn't get all the carries that he normally would have, but he was still tough and he was still hitting it hard. But, yeah, the D-line dominated. We came up big. Jay Leach with that game, clinching interception. Maddie Castle with the onside recovery. He recovered the onside kick to seal the win. And I should have pitched that ball to – uh my man E Wright, he was blazing up the he, he was blazing up the right sideline and saying pitch it, and I had two guys right there, and I was just like, you know what, I got the ball back. Liner and them could put it in, but it just led to another clean field goal. So I probably should have pitched it.
1: <laughs> you gotta love the DBs coming up behind you, right? They're always yeah. asking for the ball.
0: I was like, go get a block, bro.
1: <laughs> and of course you had two games because you transferred in from the University of Maine. So you only had the two games, SC and UCLA. What do you remember about the atmosphere among the team, among the school, all the fans, like in those two games?
0: Oh, the intensity has increased. I mean, it's just not only because in that year we were perfect going into that game and it was the last test, but even the year before, it's, you know, everything's that much more intense because, you know, you don't want to lose to your rival. It's like, and you take it back to high school, man. Everybody, even if you played high school ball, any sport, you know, baseball, basketball, you don't want to lose to the rival. And so you never want to say a game means much more than, you know, the next game should be the most important. But when it's the rival, everything, man, from the week of practice, I mean, just guys killing each other just because we want to pay the price now to have fun on Saturday. So it was, um, yeah, increased, you know, at least a hundred times, man. And the atmosphere is electric, whether you're walking into uh, the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl. I mean, it's just, I mean, you just see all, you know, it's either red or blue, man. You see, you know, you see the Cardinal or the powder blue and it's insane, man, because you know how much the game means to them too, you know, as, as a fan and someone that, you know, either attended or has ties and alumni to either school, it's what it's all about. And this game can save a season. This game can save our season right now. If I had one message to send to our players, our staff, I know my boys, uh, Kerry Colbert and Lenny Vandermaid, who were on that 03 team with me, I know they're echoing the same sentiments. This can save our season, fellas. And then we'll worry about the next week when we get to it. But this is what it's all about.
1: The game will be 1 o'clock start at the Coliseum broadcast on Fox and on the radio KABC 790 AM and of course you can probably find it SiriusXM ESPN Radio as well and so we'll be looking forward to that another early afternoon matchup in this rivalry game you're going to have SC wearing the Cardinal uniforms UCLA wearing their blue uniforms always one of the great sights in all of college football and Hopefully, like you said, SC can kind of salvage this season with a big win over the rival Bruins. Oh, by the way, any big parties you want to talk about from after that game in 04? Or did you just sleep it off like the year before?
0: Well, that was a later game. Thank God. So, no, we made that party. (laughs) Because that was, we were going to the national championship. I remember right after, ah, this is the coolest thing. So right after... I mean, we were lucky to escape with a win. That was an all-out battle. That's what happens in rivalry games. Anything can happen. And they were up to the challenge. So, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due to uh, UCLA. But we're in the, in the locker room and we're going nuts, right? And Pete's, all right, settle down, you know, shut up. <laughs> and so there's a guy from the Rose Bowl committee. You know, he goes, hey, fellas, you know, I think it goes without saying that we would love to have you at the Rose Bowl because, you know, the pack, whoever wins the pack is to go to the Rose Bowl. But the national championship was at the Orange Bowl, and so Pete goes, "Hey, yo, we really appreciate it, but we're looking for oranges this time of year." <laughs> and, and the whole, whole fucking place went nuts—just absolutely nuts. And uh, water bottles, you know, they, someone had oranges; they were throwing it around like it was. And I mean, because you know. You never realize what you're doing until, you know, you go down that road and you look back at the journey and like, oh, my God, the Stanford game and how we we were down 11 points at half. And then, you know, needed Reggie Bush on an electric punt return and Chris McFoy getting a fourth and 10 or a third and 10. Like that was like just to keep us alive, to keep our national championship, you know, hope alive. That's the beauty of college sports, though. You only get you get one chance. You know, you re- normally you cannot lose a game. Now you got the playoff system, you can. But back then you could not lose a game. And like that's what happened in 03. That one loss to Cal knocked us out of national championship contention.
1: Wow. It was still a robbery by the BCS that year. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. SC were, was the number 1 team in the country.
0: For the last 4 weeks, we were number 1 in both coaches and AP, but what I, you know, this is why yeah, you can't trust computers. You can't everyone wants to move towards AI, you can't trust it.
1: They're going to take over the world. Has anyone watched The Terminator, right? I mean, come on. We we can't let that happen, right? So, And finally, before I let you go, you've already mentioned it. You've got a lot of stuff going on, and you're hosting a Believe in Seahawks show. You've got the Zone in CBD. So I just want you to let all of the Trojan fans know who have followed you in your career in the NFL as well, what you're up to, what you're working on, and what's motivating Lofa Tatupu nowadays.
0: Oh, well, nothing will motivate me more than my beautiful family. You know, my wife, Rachel, my two boys, Kai and Kane, 10 and 7, hopefully future Trojans, fight on. But yeah, yeah, after football, you know, my career was cut short because of injuries. And when I got out, I did end up going back to coaching for two years, which is amazing with the Seahawks. You know, I love it out here. But I also, I started a couple of ventures, uh, one, a cannabis farm, and we have 1937 Farms as our brand that we brought to market. It's been an incredible process, and through that, I found full healing, mind, body, and soul even, through CBD as opposed to THC, and uh, still believe in THC and cannabis, and and love that aspect of it, you know, when the weekend comes, but every day, part of my daily regimen is uh, zone in CBD. It's, um, you know, just from an anti-inflammatory, a neuroprotectant, which is great for the brain, mind, and body, and uh, just got me feeling like my best self, and uh, back out there working out. I'm in the best shape of my life, sadly, at 30, 39. I probably should have been in this shape at 29. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, and then on on top of it, when I was promoting Zone in at the Super Bowl two years ago, I ran into Braun, and he got me to jump on a couple podcasts. And uh, I got to meet Brett Davern with the Seahawks and this Believe in Seahawks podcast. So it came full circle, and I get to spread the love of hemp and cannabis, you know, daily. And then I also get to talk football with greats like yourself and part of the Believe family. I'm Brett Davern. I follow the Seahawks who are near and dear to my heart.
1: Well, it has been awesome talking to you today, Lofa. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. So of course, everyone check out zone in CBD, check out the Believe and Seahawks show if you want to hear about the Seattle Seahawks with Lofa and Brett Davern. And so, for my guest, Lofa Tatupu, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 46 of the Everything USC podcast, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and so much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as I end every show, please remember to fight on.